This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, March 25th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. Relatively little of the public discussion surrounding the novel coronavirus centers on the kinds of protective measures that would both contain the virus and allow businesses and employers to begin slowly ramping back up. Instead, Congress appears poised to prolong many of the economic problems that a dangerous pandemic brings with it. Cato's Ryan Bourne says that's a problem if the U.S. wants to get out of recession sooner than later. Well, I think the most important thing to think about in regard to this virus is why it's so different economically to an ordinary recession and why, therefore, it requires a different policy response to the extent it requires a policy response than an ordinary recession. Um, with an ordinary recession, um, GDP will decline a lot. The economy will um, lead to a range of firms going bankrupt, usually the firms that were kind of weakest. And in that rebound, there'll be a reallocation of capital, a reallocation of resources um, to, to, to new firms. And over time, you know, the unemployment rate, although it spiked, falls, and we return back to a degree of normality. A pandemic is a fundamentally different economic phenomenon. Um, it's different in the sense that in the short term, we almost want GDP to, de- to decline because that's evidence that we're engaging in the, the social distancing and, and not interacting as much in order to curb um, the spread of the virus. Um, and it's different in the sense that because no business or, or most businesses couldn't have foreseen such a, an occurrence, um, it's hurting both the viable and non-viable businesses, weak and strong businesses uh, in certain sectors entirely. Um, the virus doesn't care what your balance sheet looked like prior to it coming along. It's kind of sweeping through the economy. And as a result of the virus itself, changing behavior and leading to uh, different policies being imposed, demand for certain activities is completely cratering. So what what Congress, I think, should be doing is thinking through from where we are now, how do we solve the fundamental public health problem in the longer term such that we can enable a normalization of economic life as soon as is feasibly possible? Um, now, the way that they're trying to do this, um, at least in the latest Senate Republican bill, is to try and provide firms and households with a whole range of liquidity to kind of tide them over in the in the short term so that um, everybody can as far as possible can maintain their jobs maintain their incomes to see them through into the recovery Um, and that's fine as far as it goes the difficulty becomes unless you address the underlying public health issue you're simply deferring the problem. And, and if the virus is still there, even after the two to three months, we're in a, a terrible situation where either you have to kind of uh, release the economic shackles, in which case you risk worsening the health crisis, or uh, you keep everybody under these heavy, heavy-handed isolation and lockdown measures, which does severe economic damage. And so we want to try and avoid that. What we've got to try and do is thread the needle such that um, we try and get to grips with the public health crisis as soon as possible, because it's only from that that we'll get a strong economic recovery. All right. So uh, because there are countries that appear to have done this well, 
Um, and because we are further along in the process of this exponent potential, exponential growth of this uh, virus, our decisions are not this going to be the same and our decision set is not going to be the same as countries like South Korea. No, I think that's right. Um, I think um, when you look at what South Korea did, um, once they recognized the virus was a potential problem, they relatively quickly uh, rolled out tons of testing and did what um, epidemiologists call contact tracing. So you try and work out who's interacted with the the individual who's uh, showing symptoms or has been confirmed with the virus, and you try and contain it in that way whilst keeping as much of the rest of the economy open. Clearly, we aren't there yet. Um, or we're not there, and we're not going to be able to do that. We can't turn back the clock. Um, but you know, we shouldn't deny that lockdowns and government mandates um, for all non-essential businesses to close down, these do real economic harm. Uh, lots of the economic harm would happen anyway, just through consequence of the virus, because people have naturally and rationally changed their decisions. Even if the government said that I could go out today and, uh, and, and go back to the cinema or restaurants, I probably wouldn't because I want to avoid contracting the virus in the near term. Uh, but they do cause net economic harm. Uh, that economic harm is acceptable to the extent that we use this period to really get to grips with the public health problem. But at the moment, what policymakers seem to be doing uh, is just suggesting tons of relief for businesses and households uh, without really thinking through how this period of uh, lockdown, which they're providing the relief for, will actually be used to solve the underlying public health problem. And without that, you're never going to get back to a completely normal uh, economy until that issue is dissipated. So we're talking about sort of long-term behavioral change uh, to facilitate the ramping back up of a lot of economic activity that uh, absent that change is ill-advised. I think that's right. Uh, I like to think about it like this. We're walking across a tightrope uh, right now where on the one hand, you've got a, a terrible healthcare crisis. If everybody just acted as, as normal, uh, most of the modeling seems to suggest that you'd run into a position where um, demands on healthcare vastly exceed the capacity of the healthcare system that could have big destructive consequences for life and for people's health. And uh, given most economists tend to think the value of a human life is pretty high, um, that has quite a destructive impact. Or, you know, if, if you're in a position where uh, you're going to have to lock down for uh, uh, very, very long periods, that obviously has very destructive consequences too. So you want to try and kind of flatten that um, curve of cases to avoid the worst healthcare outcomes uh, in the short term. But you do want to be thinking through, you know, what, what are we doing during this period to actually develop testing, vaccines, antibody development, making sure that we... We know who's had the virus, who's immune to it, such that um, as soon as possible, the economy can re return to normal. Um, so, you know, I'm sympathetic to the idea that in the short term, you need a, a fair degree of self-isolation measures. I think um, when governments come along and say all non-essential businesses can close and, and declare complete lockdowns, I think that can be problematic uh, because politicians don't know how different sectors interact and quite often one man's um, 
non-essential business is a, a one bureaucrat's non-essential business is another uh, essential business's essential supplier. And I think there's a risk that if we do a kind of top-down mandates that say everybody's closed unless otherwise um, outlined by governments, then we could have a lot of unintended consequences and, and destruction. But I, again, I'll kind of circle back to the central point, is that the economy will only return to normal when the, the virus is no longer a threat to a, the vast majority of people. And that's the only way you'll get that full kind of V-shaped recovery. Um, but, you know, politicians at the moment are too busy thinking about um, stimulus and, and relief without thinking through, you know, how feasible it is to provide relief in anything other than the short term and actually how you solve the public health issues such that you can return to normality as soon as possible. What I'm inferring from a lot of what you're saying and from what I hear from people like Michael Cannon and Chris Edwards here at Cato is that uh, Congress is not the appropriate tool in, in a, for a lot of this. A lot of this is uh, individuals needing to figure out uh, what kinds of interactions are absolutely necessary for themselves. A lot of businesses trying to figure out what kinds of uh, interactions uh, they should be allowing. And the blunt instrument of government just really isn't that good at, at navigating uh, the decisions here that need to be made. Well, I think Congress can play a role, but people are still thinking about the role of the federal government in this, at least in economic terms, as if this is an ordinary recession. And they're talking about how government can stimulate the economy, you know, where government relief can go to ameliorate some of the short-term consequences. I think Congress can provide a role, and some libertarians have had to kind of reassess our priors, given this is a public health crisis and it's not an ordinary type of recession. Congress can play a role in the very, very short term in terms of providing relief to businesses that they've mandated to close or other governors have, have mandated to close and providing relief to households through unemployment insurance and existing programs such that there's not widespread economic hardship as a result of this uh, shutdown, much of which, as you say, is driven by changes uh, to individual behavior. What Congress can't do and I think it would be dangerous to do, is to try to uh, use its tools, spending taxes, to try to stimulate the economy and um, you know, try and push economic activity. Because actually in the short term, we want economic activity to a certain extent to fall. It's natural to, to want it to fall because that's the only way you're going to get to grips with um, the virus being transmitted. What we then need, and uh, this is where the public health, um, you know, in public health industry, uh, uh, people in government really need to be playing a key role. Is thinking how, when all of these different uh, policies are being imposed, and we're seeing this slowdown in activity because people are staying home, how is this time being used such that we can, uh, like, really get down the problem of the virus, hold down the problem of the virus over the long term, such that we can. Return to normal economic activity. Instead, people are talking about just relief and stimulus, and uh, and a whole range of other things, which really uh, you would hear about and talk about after an ordinary recession. Uh, but this isn't an ordinary recession. 
Ryan Bourne occupies the Scharf Chair for the Public Understanding of Economics at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.